everyone, and welcome back to Don't Open That Door. It's Dan, Nico, and Just once again, and we're here with a very special guest. We've got director Bruce Wemple. Fans of the podcast will know him from Monstrous, but we're here today to talk about his latest release, Dawn of the Beast. So first, Bruce, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. It's going to be fun. Very true. So to lead off with, we can see from the trailer, this movie stars two very famous cryptids. We've got Bigfoot and the Wendigo. So how did you kind of become interested in, you know, these two creatures and what made you want to bring these creatures to the big screen? Well, it definitely started at Bigfoot um, way well before Wendigo. This goes back to when I was a kid. I, uh, you know, I grew up around the Adirondacks and really into hiking, really in you know, a lot of camping, that kind of stuff. And we always would talk about Bigfoot with like me and my dad. And I didn't actually realize until later, but how big into, into Bigfoot he was as a child when my, he was my grandmother had like said like, oh, this is like your dad's old childhood thing. And like, it was a giant folder of Bigfoot newspaper clippings from like every sighting that had happened locally and around. And there's a town called Whitehall that's not too far that uh, is like one of the Bigfoot capitals of the world. They have all these sightings. They have a Bigfoot festival every year. There's the giant Bigfoot statue that's actually in Monstrous. And uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely got pretty fascinated with Bigfoot. And that kind of led me to wondering, you know, what other kind of, especially local legends were around there. And that that's where I got kind of interested in the Wendigo. And the Wendigo just, I don't know, it was, it, that, that was like, Bigfoot was something fun. And I always, when I knew so much about it, I really wanted to get into it. And the Wendigo was like more really creep the crap out of me and then that, that, <laughs> yeah. and that was something i was like All right, that's a scary movie right there and uh because you know bigfoot can go a lot of different directions okay okay now i guess one other question too so we've seen kind of you know you had you know a movie with monstrous where it was just bigfoot did you always have in mind that you're going to have these two meet and potentially fight or was this an idea that developed over time no it was never I can't say never. It was discussed, but I would say less discussed, more joked about. Um, as we were, <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't something that we really took seriously because Monstrous and The Retreat are like, they're very different. They're similar to each other, I would say, a little bit mm -hmm. in terms of tone, but they're very different than Dawn of the Beast. Um, Dawn of the Beast is a very different tone, very different movie, and that we definitely used Monstrous and The Retreat to as ways to, for the characters to examine themselves and to really make it about the characters. And it wasn't until we'd finished those two where we just kind of wanted to, you know, crack a beer, have a good time and make like, put the monsters on show and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and make them the star. And like the, really just make a, uh, like a popcorn drive-in 70s, 80s horror movie where, you know, people just have a good time with it. And don't have to, you know, it doesn't take the same out of you as something like Monstrous or The Retreat. Okay. Okay. So I know Dan has a couple questions about something similar to that. What's up, Dan? Yeah. I mean, so as we've kind of talked about, you've got, you know, The Retreat, Monstrous, and now Dawn of the Beast. You kind of have a little like cinematic universe almost going on. Um, <laughs> are there, but, you know, each of the movies isn't really related to each other necessarily, aside from, you know, the, the creatures, of course. Was there a reason that you didn't really go full in and, and make them related or... You know, was that kind of the plan from the start to do that? No, it, it, it was Monstrous and The Retreat were supposed to be complete standalone movies. And they, they neither of which was necessarily designed to be an all-out creature feature, the way mm -hmm. Dawn of the Beast is. 
Um, they're, they're, they're character studies for the most part. You know, a monstrous is definitely a romance thriller. Um, and, and the retreat is more of a psychological thriller. Um, but knowing, you know, these cryptids and knowing what's around these cryptids and, and what they can do was a really good way for us to, you know, get make these movies and tell these stories the way we wanted to tell them. And then, yeah, so those were completely on their own. Um, I, if that was part of the plan, I think, yeah, maybe we would have decided, you know, I don't I think we maybe would treat it a little different if it was, but it absolutely, those movies are designed to take, mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing that says that they can't take place in the same universe. So I'll let everyone else decide whether they do or don't um because they're both in the adirondacks they both are based in real places in the adirondacks and everything about the locations and the mythology is all true um for monstrous and the retreat and then yeah and then it was dawn of the beast where we decided let's uh let's take just you know the fun parts of both movies and and put them into one sure do you have any plans to do i don't know if you can or want to talk about it, any add any other sort of monsters to the universe, so to speak? It's a good question. Uh, we've been considering this our Adirondack Monster Trilogy. Okay. Um, so right now we're considering it a trilogy. Whether we revisit it with adding more, you know, put a Mothman or Jersey Devil <laughs> yes, or something I was in there. Say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, who knows? Who knows? Uh, we'll see. I mean, we got to kind of it, it was really rapid fire the way these movies kind of they weren't supposed to come out as close yeah. to each other as they kind of end up kind of happening so we still have to wait and see kind of you know how how the movies do and you know what uh where we're at after that we, we have a lot of other projects going on too but yeah i mean i have I, you know i love the stuff i love creature features i love exploring that mythology i love the area so if the chance came up to you know build on that what we already have absolutely totally would i think that would be kind of cool to kind of be rad as hell sneak in little (laughs) other monsters here and there you know create our own mini dark universe (laughs) 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 so kind of like on the note of you were mentioning how you had the the films are coming out in sort of like rapid succession um i know that so anna shields does a lot of the writing work with this and how involved you see yourself getting in that process in particular with the sort of like back-to-back releases of this it seems like you've been you know pretty prolific during the pandemic i would say it's interesting because so monstrous we actually shot in like late 2018 2019 um so yeah that and so but that was something that we financed completely ourselves was like uh you know made with love and just anna had written this thriller script and we had i wanted to make this bigfoot movie and like we were talking about how the movie you know the there was going to be a monster that kind of held them together i'm like let's just glean all the way into bigfoot mythology and make bigfoot the reason these two and monstrous have to stay together and then we can explore that story and then you know really just examining the nature of you know evil and 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 and, you know what is a monster through that and and i was just excited because i've also always wanted to make a bigfoot costume like do it right not just like a halloween bigfoot costume so i got to work on that and i was like i was in brooklyn and i was on my roof with like this giant fur suit and this muscle suit like (laughs) dyeing it the right color matting it up (laughs) Getting the it was it was crazy. Um, so we did that movie, and then 
it was kind of, we, we finished it after a few months, um, really, because it was, you know, insanely, it was next to nothing what we were working with for that, with that movie. And then we found Uncork, who got the movie, and then they helped us out with putting together the retreat, um, which the script was already written at that point for the retreat. And that was much more, for me, a personal story. That was trying to... It, it, they're very similar in kind of the tone, but I really wanted to use the Wendigo to do a psychological thriller meets like a survival story. Um, that kind of, you know, alone in the mountains and fighting against not only the elements, but the literal monster. That was idea going into it. But we, that was almost a year after Monstrous when we shot that. Uh, because And that was very close back to back. Like Uncork picked up Monstrous and then helped us with the retreat. And so at that point, so those two were always going to come out back to back just because that was the kind of the conversation. The with the beast, Rubiter. almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was never meant to be like that. So they kind of, I think they came out like two months between each other. So, which was cool. I was psyched because it was like, oh, wow, we got like one movie and then the end. And so, um, but definitely wasn't like part of some master plan or anything. We were just hoping we could get it released and, you know, hopefully make another movie at a certain point. There was never a long-term plan. So, but after we did those two movies, Uncorked was pretty happy. And then that's when the conversation started like, okay, what's next? And that was always lingering in our heads. Like, okay, we just did these two very personal, dramatic atmosphere, the, all these kind of things that you associate with those two movies is very character based. And we're like, let's just, it's summer. This, and that was during the pandemic. Um, it's like summer, let's do a cabin in the woods, all out, you know, monster mayhem. Let's, let's do a little, put a little evil dead in there. And that's, uh, let's just lean all the way into the tropes and just make a movie that people just can, you know, sit back and have fun with. Okay. I do have to say this. So for our listeners now, we're about to delve into a spoiler filled section where we really dig into some of the, the guts of Dawn of the Beast. But before we do that, if you haven't seen the movie, you're definitely doing yourself a disservice if you haven't. So, Bruce, where can the people find your movie? Where can they check it out at? Pretty much anywhere you can uh, rent movies on demand. So that, that's, you know, your Amazons, Vudu, uh, iTunes, um, all of those kind of uh, VOD rental platforms. Perfect, perfect. So definitely give yourselves a chance. Check that movie out and then check back right now because we're about to dive into the spoiler-filled section. So... Dan, I mean, you got you you won. He won the toss up. So Dan, go ahead and ask because we all know what's coming up here. Go ahead, Dan. So when we watched the trailer for this, we were like, okay, this looks intriguing. Yeah, this looks cool. This looks cool. And then we were like, wait, Bigfoot, Wendigo. <laughs> and then we saw something. We we're like, wait, is there a fight scene? Are they are they fighting? <laughs> and then uh, yeah, in the movie they definitely fight. And that was my favorite part of the movie. That was such an awesome fight scene. How did you kind of come up with that fight scene or like? Did the whole film, like production-wise or anything, build around that or the writing kind of build around that? Or can you just talk to me about the fight scene? Because I loved that part. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. The uh, So what's funny is we kind of shot the movie in a kind of a weird way where, and because this is partially because of the pandemic, um, having to, you know, be safe sure. and everything. But we shot the cold open first, and this was like a few weeks before, and that was just like, almost like a test run and just like kind of getting in the groove and making sure, you know, we can do everything safely. This is going to work and everything. Um, so we did the cold open and then that was at that point where we had developed the movie far enough and the script and everything. And like, okay, we're going to do this movie. 
And I went with the crew to the location first. And we were shooting um, in this place in, in Western New York that was like on 200 acres. And so we had all the forests we could work with. And we started with the fight scene. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. So what was super fun about that was, it was the hardest scene in the movie, obviously. That's not a surprise. Sure. It's, it's the most difficult scene in the movie to shoot. Um, there's just a lot going, a lot of moving pieces in that mm-hmm. in that scene. But what I thought worked really well was I was able, so we shot that scene and then we had a few days off before the rest of the cast came in and we started shooting the other pieces. And I was able to cut the fight scene, not like the final version of the fight scene, but at least like put the music and kind of get that going. And then I was able to show the cast when they got there that fight scene and tell them, this is what the movie is building to. This is, you know, we're building a movie around this. This is the centerpiece. Just so, and I'm, I always believe, like, for a director, regardless of technical know-how or anything like that, the best thing they can do is make sure everyone's making the same movie. Um, and that fight scene really just put everyone on the same page. Got everyone not only excited, but tonally at that point was like, okay, this isn't monstrous. This isn't the retreat. This is a completely new, bigger, crazier thing. Yeah. And and I watched... Um... I saw your special effects person, uh, Jared, right? Yep, Jared Ballard. Yeah, I, I saw on his Instagram uh, scene, he posted like a little behind the scenes of Anna, I think, getting her arm ripped off. That was, it was always cool to me to see sort of behind the scenes. But <laughs> how was the kind of effects done in, in, I mean, comparing it to Monstrous, there's more fight scene and more gore and, and stuff in this movie than Monstrous was, if I remember. They're like a hundred times more, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what was kind of the, the process for that and, and how, how did you go about doing that aspect of it, I guess? Yeah. The, so yeah, Jared had his work cut out for him with this movie. Like there's a lot going on. You have the Wendigo demons, um, the actual possessed demon, the, like the, you know, which had like three stages into it. There was like the the stage one where she's a little messed up Mm -hmm. and then two, three, and then the final version and then Bigfoot. And so he had, he got to work. Like as soon as we kind of got the green light, we got the green light based on like we had written us, I'd written a story that how this movie was kind of going to play out. Then the script got to work. But while Anna was actually writing the script, we were already in pre-production putting stuff together. Like there was, it was happening very quickly. The only question was exactly when we were going to shoot it because, you know, pandemic reasons. So Jared was already sending me molds as the script was being written and of the different creatures, as well as we were making a list of gore gags, whether, you know, the arm getting pulled off or the stick through the back of the head and the mouth as, you know, the no arms and kind of stuff. And he's just, he gets so psyched about it. So it's not like a hard thing to motivate him or explain to him he just i was kind of explaining i'd make him reference to some movie and he'd be like i know exactly what you're talking about you know mm-hmm. he's like cannibal Col- uh, cannibal holocaust i get it and then so <laughs> <laughs> and it would it would be so and then so he would get to work in his little lab he's got and then we you know i'd go and visit him and he you know it would yeah and then we kind of tried to isolate those gags back to back to back so those deaths and everything because yeah when you're on set it comes it's weird when you're doing a movie like this it's like all of a sudden two people in a room talking or three people in a room talking with no monsters 
or no gore or anything, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, this is so easy. Why doesn't someone do a whole movie like this? Um, so you do, you try to get a lot of that done on its own and then save days just to be doing those effect shots because they take so much time. Um, so that's kind of the mentality is like whenever there was a monster or a couple monsters or those, you know, the bloody gore and everything like that, we kind of reserved just days to do that where we didn't have to worry about, you know, getting a full, you know, dialogue scene in along with it. We were just able to, you know, buckle down and focus on, on that stuff. That's a good idea. Yeah, for sure. That's that, that it makes sense. And I'm glad to hear that that was like the center focus that just makes my, my horror heart <laughs> swell. So uh, taking it back to the Wendigo for a second, um, out of curiosity, what do you and everyone on the set call the like Wendigo spawns? We've been calling them like Wendigools or like Wendigoons on the pod. What what's your oh, take I love on that. it? Wendigools. I think like Wendigemons at one point was like the uh, <laughs> but yeah, I love Wendigools. That's really cool. Yeah, that's uh I'm gonna stick with that. Well, yeah, thank the, you. Uh, Got the GOTD stamp of approval there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so, where was the inspiration for those uh, Wendigoons, Wendigools, whatever you want to call them? They were terrifying and they were a huge part of why that fight scene was so well done. It, was, it just felt overwhelmingly menacing with all those things there. Yeah. I mean, I think going into it, we already knew kind of who was going to play the hero role, who was going to play the villain role in, in a Bigfoot and Wendigo thing. It was pretty obvious. So, the, the that Wendigool, I'll jump on that Wendigool is uh, that's straight out of the retreat. That that that's the same creature design and everything, and so that that's where we most of that effort was put in was was that, in the mythology about you know you have this spirit with this like kind of grim reaper type presence that and that's all part of the Algonquin, Algonquin legend of you know it can possess your mind it targets the selfish and it can there's a lot of different versions of like the design stuff which was kind of more exciting because like there's versions you know it has the the big deer face or the antler it's kind of like there there are tons of different but we went with the specific version of there's kind of a spirit and that that we always called the spirit um okay. yeah that was always called the spirit and that was, you know, would be kind of floating. And that was the kind of the first symbol of that person's getting possessed. And then, you know, once you see it and it gets you, then you get, you know, and it was, it's called actually, and we reference this in, in the retreat, but Wendigo psychosis, which ended up being kind of a somewhat, and I don't know how real a medical term this is, but it has been used in like medical journals of like the people that think they have a craving for flesh. Yeah. Um, and uh-huh. it, it's something that can like get inside your head. And so they, they named, labeled it Wendigo psychosis. And, uh, and so that, that's what we kind of decided we were going to go into that. Like Wendigo psychosis eventually led you to slowly become one of those Wendigools. And, uh, and, and that, so the character of Isabella in, or Isabel in Dawn of the Beast was on her way to being that full bald, nasty looking thing but yeah we got her at uh at probably a seven out of ten before she she hit the rest well that's terrifying (laughs) (laughs) uh let's let's turn the tables here and take a look at bigfoot or sasquatch now did you always intend for him to be sort of like hero-esque or does he kind of want people to just leave his forest oh yeah he wants people to leave but i think yeah there there's 
One hundred percent, he was going to be the hero. Uh, it, it, just like monstrous, it was very similar. He's the kind of the the protector of the forest, and I, I really enjoy like this idea that there's you know these other cryptids out there, and Bigfoot, while not the necessarily the scariest or the uh, all this other stuff, is always going to be this protector, just because it's he's and the idea that because uh, we had talked about like why wasn't Bigfoot you know couldn't Bigfoot turn into a Wendigo? Couldn't the Wendigo possess mm. Bigfoot? Oh, shit. And, and I think... And I think we, That's the next we, movie, right? <laughs> well, I don't think so, because I think Bigfoot's not corruptible like that. I think that's what we decided was you need that level of selfishness and, and nastiness to you know succumb to the Wendigo and become that. And that's why when it came to Bigfoot versus Wendigo, the spirit was powerless, and all it could do is send its Wendigools and, uh, to get pounded by them. So... That, and then that, so yeah, that, that was never in question of like how we were going to approach this. Of like, we were going to make the Wendigo, the villain of the story, the idea that all of these people were just going to be wiped out by the Wendigo. You're going to hate the Wendigo. And then to, you know, really bring in Bigfoot to be for that hero moment. Yeah. I definitely think that was really well done, especially at the start. Cause obviously, you know, no spoilers, there's no way we could have known. So at the start, <laughs> you know, where, He's kind of taking people and, you know, he's just like, he could, he, he could catch you when you're just taking a piss outside. He's not going to hurt you. And I was like, nah, he's definitely a good guy. He's definitely a good guy. And then it just got to that point. I was like, oh, snap. When the fight came through, I was definitely like maximum levels hyped. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And no, I appreciate that. No, that, that was always the intent was just to make sure that, uh, again, the centerpiece of the movie was that fight. If that didn't work, we knew the rest of the movie kind of falls apart pretty quickly. Because mm. um, that's what it's leading to the whole time. And that we really just had to make it that pretty much every character was taken out at that point. We could leave one left. And, and at that point, then, boom, you're going to get hit with the big foot. Got you. So real quick, for those of us that have seen the previous two movies... Are there any kind of maybe Easter eggs or callbacks to the previous two? I think one... And Dan and I went back and forth on this a little bit. The cabin in the movie, is that the same cabin from Monsters, or is that a different cabin? No, it's a different cabin. Oh, That's a different, different cabin. cabin. Okay. I thought it was. I think it's probably a similar. Uh, there's like an Adirondack architecture. So, like, there's a lot of, like, the Adirondack cabins, they have similar, these tall ceilings and and that, you know, the the, the kind of the log cabin wood side and the, the decks and everything. So, I, there's a lot of similarities, but no, it was a different cabin. Okay, okay. And, you know, kind of before we let you go, we've got a recurring segment on the pod, you know, kind of a what would you do type situation. So we've got two real quick ones for you here. So first off, we're going to put you in Chris's shoes during the big fight. So, you know, you've got all these kind of Wendigos around you. Bigfoot shows up and he's starting to fight him. So you have two choices here. Do you run away or would you actually try and fight them off? How brave are you? Would you say? Oh boy, no, I'm, I'm probably running away. Yeah. 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 Same. <laughs> I don't know though. It's it's tough when you've been running for that long and and just been you know seen everyone die. It's yeah. If you put me right there in his shoes right now, yeah, one hundred percent, I'm running. Hard to say if if how long you can run for before you just got to turn around and try something new. But yeah, it's uh definitely I'm running away. <laughs> and uh, what you know? F- first off, that was actually the most popular answer on the podcast. I think uh, Nico and Dan are both yeah. cowards. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll, sur- I'll live. I'm fine. We live, I'm Justin. 
So uh, there's that. But for the second piece, you know, we're going to uh, stick you in Chris's role again. So first off, I just want to say real quick, the lore book where they actually see the, the drawings, that was really badass, by the way. That's a really cool concept. But let's say you see that. What's your first reaction? That You see this, you know, you're at the cabin for, you know, a cryptozoology trip. You see this book. Are you like, oh, this is chill? Might have just seen a dead body, but this is also pretty chill. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a good question. Yeah, I think anytime you find a book in a cabin, you got to ask questions, especially something like that, especially something that homemade. And, uh, <laughs> and if, you know, if it's printed in there and you can tell it's been republished. But no, if someone's been writing a journal that's scary, that, yeah, that, that's never a good sign. The, uh, yeah, I would definitely be out of there. I mean, there's a number of things that I think that those fatal decisions are, are awesome in, in any of those horror movies. You know, the big one is, uh, you know, finding the dead body and deciding to keep walking and all that right. kind of stuff. It's, uh, you know, it's just leaning into, you know, what the, the, the mess ups that are going to get you killed in a horror movie. Mm -hmm. No, definitely very true. Very true. So we'd like to thank you so much for coming on today. Now, real quick, is there any kind of last words you'd like to tell the audience about the movie? And where can the people find you on social media? Yeah, I, I, again, about the movie, I just hope that, you know, everyone is able to sit back and just have a good time with it, I think. And I think especially there, there's an interesting thing I've been, I've been ta talking about with people because, you know, after Monstrous and the Retreat, there's a certain expectation of what this movie was going to be. And it, it's something different. And like, while we tried to lean into those classic horror tropes to an extent, we also tried to subvert them as much as possible. Like, we tried to make it hard to guess who's going to make it out. We didn't have that classic, you know, final girl, mm -hmm. tragic right. backstory, you know, or, you know, something horrible happened and now she's got to get over that or something like that. We, we purposely avoided that just so we could, A, make the star, make the monsters a star of the movie, and B, you know, when you see Chris at that one point being like, I'm going to go check out those birds. I'll meet you guys back later. <laughs> it's like, okay, this guy's definitely dying first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I hope people take it for what we want it to be, and that's just, yeah, just a sit back, laugh, cheer, get scared, jump a little bit. Yeah, that, that's exactly what we want people to do with this movie. So I hope they have as good of a time, you know, checking it out as we had making it. Awesome. And where can the people find you on social media? Uh, my Instagram is Bruce M. Wemple. Um, that's really bad. I have a Twitter, but it's, I'm not good at it. Don't do it much. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot, but yeah, I think Instagram, yeah, is the spot. All right. Well, thank you very much, dear listeners. As always, you can find Dawn of the Beast on pretty much all on-demand platforms. Please check it out. That's been it from us here at Don't Open That Door. Take care of each other. Uh, if you get lost in the woods, try not to piss off a spirit. And uh, as always, don't open that door. Bye.